John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend us. That's going to be our text for this morning, First John 1, or John 1 through 5. Father, we thank you for the word this morning. Lord, we just ask that you would open our hearts, open our minds to receive that which you want to speak to us. And we thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, at the beginning of the book of John, and last week we kind of talked about an overview of who John was. At the beginning of the book of John this morning, um, we're finding it a little bit different than the other Gospels. In Matthew and um, Luke, the beginning of Matthew and Luke, they're talking about the physical birth of Jesus. In the book of Mark, the beginning of Mark talks about his baptism. So it's really the beginning of his public ministry. So John is taking a real different approach as he's, as he's lining out the life of Jesus. And he goes back and he begins to tie the beginning of, of Jesus to before the history of the world. Go back to Genesis with me, chapter 1. And keep your hand at John. We're going to be going, of course, back to John. But the, the Gospel of John, they were familiar with the, the Old Testament writings. And so John starts out the exact same way as the Hebrew Bible. In the beginning, God. In the beginning. So John is here going to tie in who Jesus was, not to his physical birth, not to his beginning of, of ministry, but he's going to tie Jesus into, in the beginning was the Word. In, in, in Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. And so we're, we're seeing that John is, again, if you remember from last week, the point of John is to, to help us understand that Jesus is God. He's, he's establishing the deity of Jesus Christ. And so he ties it back and he says, in the beginning was the word. Now it says, and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. These are profound and powerful statements. This is the same scriptures that we would use if we might be talking to a Jehovah's Witness who believes that, that, you know, that Jesus is one of many gods. And even their translation says that, um, that the word was a God in the, in the New World Translation, the Jehovah's Witness Bible. But, but John was establishing that in the beginning was the word. And Jesus is the word. He was in the beginning. And we're going to go on, and I'll read it again real quick and just stop there. It says, in verse 3, it says, All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Now, keeping your hand back at Genesis, going over there, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, do we see a problem with that? Because in verse 4, in verse 3 of John, it says, All things were made through him, the word, Jesus. And in Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There is a problem if Jesus is not God. But if Jesus is God, then there's no problem. So again, John is just simply establishing this point. And it's, we, we just kind of flip back and forth and we go, either there's a problem in the Bible or there is none. And so John is helping us to see. Now, he's, he's wanting us to see that in the beginning, Jesus was there, but he's using a specific word, and it's logos. In the, in the Greek New Testament, the word for word is logos. And he says, in the beginning 
was the Logos. And the Logos was with God. And the Logos was God. He was in the beginning with God. The, the word that he is using, and John uses the word Logos, the, the, that's translated often word. It's also translated in other ways too. As, we, as you read the Bible, um, you'll, you'll come across other things. Sometimes it will be translated as um, speech or um, a saying. And, but if you go back to the Greek, that's actually the same word, logos. And it, part of this morning, I forgot one of my visuals, so I'm going to have to remember to do it. Um, I, I, I want us to understand the Bible is written in Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek, and that when you translate from another language, everything's not easily translated. There are words that are used in, in any language that have more than one meaning. And as I've had conversations sometimes with people about, well, in the Greek, this means this. They'll say, well, you know, in my Bible, it says this. And so I really thought this morning, one of the things I just want to do quickly is, is to help us understand why when you're reading the Bible, maybe you'll, you'll, the pastor or somebody will say, well, this word is translated this, but sometimes it can mean that. And, and maybe you've gone, well, that's not what my Bible says. Let me give you an understanding in, in English, okay? What does the word catch mean? Right? You, you, first thing you say, catch, right? You kind of like, like catching something. What if I say, catch up? Are you going to catch up? Well, we know that, that when you put the word up on it, even though it's a separate word, now catch has a different meaning. It means that you're going, you are going maybe too slow and now you have to catch up. How about the word run? We would say, or yeah, or cats up would be tomato sauce. How about the word run? Um, you know, the word run, we think, okay, of course, we're going to run. How about if I said, I run a backhoe or I run a computer? We understand right now, well, that's, that's different. That's very different. But it's the same word. How can you use it in a different sense? How about it was hard? Well, we might think it was hard, but it could also mean it was difficult. Same word, different meaning. And you have to understand the context of how it, was, how it was used. Here's one that's kind of interesting. She was sweet. Well, she would probably, she's nice and friendly. Unless you just ate your little pig that was a girl and you went, she was sweet. Man, that's just kind of a sweet tasting pig. You know, and so, so even in English, we understand our, our own language really well. And we understand that there's words that can be translated differently. Um, and so sometimes it depends on the meaning. Because we have an understanding of our language, it, it makes sense to us. What we need to understand as we're reading the Bible is that we don't understand Greek. But those who are more intelligent than us that have spent the time studying it and the writers, they would use a word. And that word isn't always easily translatable just in one sense. And if you do speak two languages, you know this very, very well because some, you have to sometimes use two or three words to translate uh, a word into another language. So, so those of you speaking another language, every time you're reading the Bible, kind of going into the Greek, just remember that. For those who don't speak another language, go, wait a second, that's right. Sometimes there's words that have more than one meaning or that you have to understand the context in which it's written. And so that even happens um, as you're reading the book of John the word logos is, is used often, and you'll find a few spots that you won't even realize that's the word 
logos. It, it won't be translated as word. It won't even be translated as saying. So, but so all that, and, and that's going to take place. And I'm going to rely on that understanding when we get a little bit further down into the into the section this morning. But so so as we go in, we find immediately that John is saying, "In the beginning was the Word, logos. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God." And and he's laying out that Jesus is the word. And so, so that for us immediately begins to say, well, what, what does that mean? And there is more than just one meaning because in the, in the old Testament, we'll find the word is also just simply meaning the law. Um, but, but Jesus is more than the written word. He's more than the law. He is God in the beginning. Now let's again, go back to Genesis, at least referring to it. In Genesis, we see in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and we know this passage well. How does Jesus, how does God create light? Verse 3, and God said, let there be light. He didn't do anything. He spoke the word and it happened. And God called the light day. And God said, let there be firmament in the midst of the waters. And God said, let the waters under heavens be gathered together. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass. We find it in the, in the book of Genesis that it's God's word is bringing forth life. God's word is bringing forth light. God's word is creating everything. And then we come to John and it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and Jesus is the word and Jesus brings light. Jesus brings life. Jesus is creative and his spoken word is creative and we're beginning to tie in this amazingness in the beginning of the book of John in what is the word of God. So, even today, God continues to speak through Jesus. Jesus comes into our life as so many different things, but one of the things he comes into as the word. And we need to always remember as we're reading the Bible, which is the word of God, that Jesus is the word and that Jesus' spoken word brings life and it brings light into every situation. It's not just a dead word. Amen. You following me? When Jesus speaks, there's a creative miracle that takes place in the life of the hearer. When Jesus speaks, a creative miracle takes place in the life of the hearer. Now, I, I use the word hearer specifically because I think there's a difference between a hearer and a listener. Okay, my kids always listen but they don't always hear me. You know, there's like, you know, because they're there and they're here, they're, you, know, but, you know, Jesus even said in the book of Revelation, he who has an ear, let him hear. You know, and, and, and it's, I'm using it more in a semantic way, but I want us to understand it's not just listening, it's really understanding and hearing. And so when Jesus speaks, there's a creative miracle that takes place in the life of the hear. Go with me, same book, John chapter 6.
Starting in verse 63. We're just going to read 63 and 64. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Okay. So the, spe- the, the words I speak, Jesus says, are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who don't believe. And so that's the part of the listening and understanding that if you will hear the words of Jesus and believe them, those words are spirit and life and they bring a miracle. They produce something new in the life. It's a creative miracle that is spoken just as in the beginning when God said, let there be light. The words that Jesus speaks to us through his word are life. They are spirit and they are creative. They are making miracles. So we continue on in, 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 this, in, in this. So we have that, that we have to remember that Jesus speaking is a miracle. Also, we need to understand that Jesus' words, his logos, are not just human words. You know, a lot of people read the Bible, but, but they just read the words. And, and they go, that's, you know, Jesus said this, and John said this, and Paul said this. But Jesus' words are not mere human words. Pastor John Dunn, uh, when he was here at Christ Center and was one of our elders and, and teaching elders, he would always say, when he's talking about reading the Bible, he'd say, listen, read the red and pray for power. Read the red and pray for power. And, and it, it seems so simple, but read the words of Jesus. He knew, he understood there is power in the words of Jesus. There are life-giving miracles in the words of Jesus. So we read them not just as, wow, that's a neat saying, but we read them as Jesus speaking life, doing miracles as we receive his words, as we believe his words. Their power is not just instruction or communication. Even, even as you go, and if you're still in John 6, just go over a, a couple of chapters. You can make a note and kind of read the, the, the discourse a little bit later. But in, in John chapter 8, it's actually a 10 verse. And I'm not going to read it, but we'll talk a little bit about it. In this idea of Jesus' words fulfilling the purpose of God. John chapter 8, and verses 37 through 47. And Jesus here is talking to, and he's talking about, you know, Abraham's descendants. And he's telling, you know, you seek to kill me. And he's going on and there's, they're, they're arguing back and forth. And throughout the discourse, Jesus is talking about his words and God's words. Going into the end, though, as Jesus says that I, he, I and the Father together are one. But in verse 47, he says, he who is of God hears God's words. And he already declared that he tells God's words himself. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. And so this, this is a great discourse there as you, as you read it, talking about you know, Jesus fulfilling the words of God and speaking the words of God. And as we hear, we need to understand that there is power in life and receive His words as more than just teaching and instruction. We see from the back to the beginning of John that the Word of God is the self-expression of God in the beginning. He's creative. He's speaking life. He's speaking life. 
that the Word created everything. The Word created everything. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everything was created by and through the Word. The Logos of God, the Word created everything and is the source of life. When he said, let living things teem and plants began to rise up and he created animals, he spoke it into existence. He spoke it into existence. The Word created everything. It's the source of all life. And life exists in the Word. Life exists in the Word. In Jesus, life exists. Without the spoken Word, without Jesus Himself, without the Word, there is no life. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. The very first couple words of verse 4. In Him was life. In Him was life, and in Him is life. You know, throughout the book of John, it's going to be a wonderful journey that we go together because we're going to see that Jesus declares Himself to be the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus is life. Now some of us go, you know, I know a lot of people who aren't in Jesus and they're alive. The very, the very breath, the very nature of them has come from God, has come from Jesus. But there's another side of life and that life is eternal life, spiritual life. And again, the theme, one of the themes of John is not just being alive. It's not just, just a good life today, but it's everlasting life. John 3.16, again, the story of John. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And when he's having his conversation in the book of John and he's talking with, about Lazarus, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Not just physical. You know, the miracle of, of raising Lazarus was not just that he walked out of the tomb, but that he also went to heaven. Because, you know, all the, the physical life miracles of Jesus all ended. The blind went blind again. When they died, they couldn't see in their physical body. The paralytics who walked again one day stopped walking. It's not recorded, but we know it's true. They all died. The miracles on this earth of Jesus all stopped. They all ended, but because the miracle wasn't about what he did on earth, it was about what he was doing eternally. His miracles aren't just about doing something today for us. It's about showing us that he is life. In Him is life. What's awesome is that we, there's the saying that we, we try to understand that the kingdom of God is now but not yet because those of us who've called on the name of Jesus, those of us who's believed His Word, when He spoke His Word through us, we believed it, we immediately had life. Though this, this, bo this body, this flesh and blood is going to one day die, the moment we receive Christ, we are never spiritually going to die. So life begins today. Life has begun for all of us. In the beginning was the Word. In Him was life. 
understanding life. Now let's go on, just the next little section. So we know that our life is through him. And it says, and the life was the light of men. So Jesus, the word is life, but it's also light. And, and in the Bible and even today, we, we understand light and darkness. In the book of John, it's a moral difference. It's light and darkness. It's immorality and morality, but it's beyond that. It's sin and life. He was the light of men. Behold, there's a, a light shining in the darkness. Jesus came to bring light to us. He came to show us the path. He came to illuminate. And that life was the light of men. John eight twelve. John 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. What a great verse. He's connecting both light and life. We've all had those times where we were walking in darkness. Some of us had them. We we all had them before we received Christ. But even in Christ, there's been times that we've walked outside of the light and we felt our life being dark again. We were walking in darkness. Even though we were spiritually alive, I don't believe we lost our salvation. We walked outside of the light of Christ. And in that moment, we said, it feels so dark. You couldn't see. Now, it wasn't a physical thing, but it was a spiritual thing. But Jesus says that I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus wants to be our our light. And the book of John talks a lot about light and life both. But it's not just unique to the book of John. Psalm 119.105, you know the verse. You might not know that this is where it's at. But Psalm 119.105 is... um, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I stop for a second. So the, so the idea of, of God, of the word being light to us, isn't just in the book of John. It's found throughout the Old Testament, especially in the book of Psalms. We're going to read a few verses in Psalm 119. We're going to read all of them. It's only 150. Um, Psalm 119. Let's, I'm going to pick out just a few verses that, talk, that speak about this and help us to understand the Word of God, the law of God being a light to us. Go to Psalm 119, 25. I think my fingers are still cold. They don't want to work. So the power of the word, Psalm 119.25 says, My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. See, what, what, we, what we found in John is that light and life are connected. And the light of God, the word of God brings light. It brings life. The light of the word brings life. Revive me according to your word. Go down just three verses. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to to your word. The word brings life. It brings strength. It revives us. 
Skip to verse 107. Again, I'm afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. His word is reviving. It's bringing life. 116. Uphold me according to your word that I may live. His word. His word is bringing life. It's reviving us. And then go back to verse 50 going in order but I wanted to hit 50 at the end here this is my comfort in my affliction for your word has given me life his word is life his word is light he is life he is light we can't separate him he's bringing us life he's bringing us Light. Go back to Book of John. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And this is that, that hard thing because he says in the beginning and we know that the light came into the world. The light shines in the darkness but the darkness does not comprehend it. How can the life, how can supernatural, creative, miracle life and light come into the world and, and yet not, not have everything immediately understand it? See, if we, we, we walk in the darkness, we won't understand the light. You know, scripture says even the, the things of God are foolishness to the unbelievers. So though Jesus is living in the world today through us, there's darkness and the darkness doesn't comprehend it. Now, here we go. The word comprehend. I'm going to read this from uh, the word wealth from the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. Katalambano is the Greek word. And it comes... From it's a strong if you want to look it up, but the word is capable of three interpretations to seize or lay hold of or overcome as such in verse five could read the darkness does not gain control of it. It could mean to perceive to attain or to lay hold of with the mind to apprehend with mental or moral effort with this meaning the verse could be translated the darkness is unreceptive and does not understand it. And the third meaning says, in the, according to the word wealth here, to quench, to extinguish, to snuff out the light by stifling it. The darkness will never be able to eliminate it, would be a translation then. Light and darkness essentially are antagonistic. The Christian's joy is in knowing that light is not only greater than darkness, but will also outlast the darkness. So this is one of those words that we go, okay, it's not just comprehend because if we read that some of your bibles will say comprehend but some of you says well but uh let's see i think it's the niv but some of the other versions say the darkness um did not overcome it did, did you have overcome so wh which one fits i think it's a combination of them the the word that word catalambano is used throughout the the new testament in different places let me read a few so we can understand it it means at times grasp or catch 
Okay, so not only can darkness not comprehend the light, it cannot control it. Darkness cannot control the light. I think sometimes we think that the, the, the devil, the enemy, that darkness is going to overcome the light. Darkness cannot overcome the light. I think one of the fears that, that I think the devil just has us walking is that we're afraid of the devil. We, we find ourselves, oh, there is no fear of the devil. We've talked about it before. God, the devil is not the opposite of God. God created everything. Satan was a created being. He was an angel just like Michael and Gabriel. He cannot overcome God because God is God. He is supreme. The opposite of God is nothing. There is no opposite of God. Satan, again, as I've said before, is the opposite of Satan would probably be Michael or Gabriel. Darkness cannot overcome the light. I believe we can walk out of the light. I believe we can walk out of the light and find our lives surrounded and overtaken by darkness because we have walked out of the light. We used to use the analogy of almost like an, an, an umbrella. And the rain doesn't get me unless I walk out from the umbrella. But it's a choice. It's a choice. I don't believe you're losing your salvation. But the light cannot overcome, or the darkness cannot overcome you when you're in the light. Praise the Lord for that. A few places where, where it's not just comprehending, because I really don't, I don't like that translation without attaching it to the overcome part, because I don't think it's, it's accurate enough, even though it is here in the New King James. In, in John 8, chapter 3, it's the story of the woman caught in adultery. You can go there if you want. But it, it says there was a woman who was caught in adultery. You know what the w- Greek word for caught in that scripture is? Katalambano. Comprehend. There was a woman who comprehended adultery. That doesn't work. That's not what it was saying. She was overcome by adultery. It had taken her life. Same word used comprehend in one place, used as taken, overcome in another. So, so again, we go, oh, wait a second. Let's, let's read that with the understanding. Could it be a combination of, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Well, you know, I think that the darkness kind of comprehends the light. Satan's been studying Jesus for a long time. I think he understands, but the darkness can't overcome it. Praise the Lord. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. This Jesus who we serve, who we call ourselves by His name Christian, is God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him and without Him nothing was made that was made. And in His life, is in His name, in Jesus, is life. That everything that was made is, was in Him. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it, did not overcome it. As this word 
has come into life, has come into, has come, it comes as a light and it brings a new day. When Jesus comes into the situation and we allow him, his word to come into our life, it brings light. And what, what's, when does the new light come? At the beginning of the day. When you allow Jesus into your situation, into your circumstance, it's a new beginning. It's a new day. Wherever you're at today, let Jesus come in and bring life and bring light. Let it be a new day. I believe 2014 is a, a year of new beginnings for us even here as a church. It's new beginnings. The light of Christ is dawning. You know, I think that we've all been allowing ourselves to be under the circumstances. I love that, that, you know, that, that conversation. How are you doing? Well, not too bad under the circumstances. What are you doing under the circumstances? Get out from under the circumstances and get back on top where Jesus lives. The darkness doesn't overcome the light. But I can, I can confess that in 2013, I was under the circumstances. And I'm tired of living under the circumstances. And I believe that this year is a year of new beginning, of life, of light, personally and corporately. There's a wondrous work of God coming. But we have to get out of the past and start looking forward. This is a little long, but I'm going to read it. My good friend Joel Hall sent it to me this week. I think it was Joel. It might have been Ruth Ann. Some folks ride the train of life looking out the rear, watching miles of life roll by and marking every year. They sit in sad remembrance of wasted days gone by and curse their life for what it was and hang their head and cry. But I don't concern myself with that. I took a different vent. I look forward to what life holds and not what life and not what has been spent. So strap me to the engine as securely as I can be. I want to be out in front to see what I can see. I want to feel the winds of change blowing in my face. I want to see what life unfolds as I move from place to place. I want to see what's coming up, not looking in the past. Life's too short for yesterday's. It moves along too fast. So if the ride gets bumpy while you're looking back, go up front and you may find your life has jumped the track. It's all right to remember. That's part of history. But up front is where it's happening. There's so much mystery. The enjoyment of living is not where we have been. It's ever looking forward to another year in 10. It's searching all the byways. Never should you refrain. For if you want to live your life, you've got to drive the train. That's that's, that's good, huh? You know, we spend so much time pining away. Oh, oh, the, the past years, they were so good. Oh, do you remember when the housing market was up? Wasn't that wonderful? And now everything's so bad. Stop looking back. Look forward. It's a new day. What does God have for you today? What does God have for you tomorrow? We need to begin to press forward and understand that Jesus came in. He is the word. He is the life. He is the light. Darkness can't overcome it. Stop walking and worrying about the darkness. Get in the light. Let him be the one who's leading and guiding our life. Let him be the new beginning that we all need to have for this year. 
Father, we thank you that you are our life, that you are our light. We thank you for a word, and I pray that it would stir up in our heart to know that you have so much more for us, to live in you and let your life infuse us with life, that your light would come and bring light and illumination to all of our darkness. God, give us faith and confidence that the darkness will not overcome the light. Keep us steadfast in you. In Jesus' name, amen. In just a moment.